The Wonderful Wizard of Oz Chapter 11 The Wonderful City of Oz Even with eyes protected by the green spectacles, Dorothy and her friends were at first dazzled by the brilliancy of the world of the wonderful city. The streets were lined with beautiful houses, all built of green marble and studded everywhere with sparkling emeralds. They walked over a pavement of the same green marble, and where the blocks were joined together were rows of emeralds, set closely and glittering in the brightness of the sun. The window panes were of green glass. Even the sky above the city had a green tint, and the rays of the sun were green. Every city in this place likes to have a color of its own, right? The, the munchkins liked their blues. These people like a different set of colors. <clears throat> there were many people, men, women, and children, walking about, and these were all dressed in green clothes and had greenish skins. They looked at Dorothy and her strangely assorted company with wandering eyes, and the children all ran away and hid behind their mothers when they saw the lion. But no one spoke to them. Many shops stood in the street, and Dorothy saw that everything in them was green, Green candy and green popcorn were offered for sale, as well as green shoes, green hats, and green clothes of all sorts. Well, you can buy any car, a car of any color as long as it's black, as Ford once said. At one place, a man was selling green lemonade, and when the children bought it, Dorothy could see that they paid for it with green pennies. Okay. There seemed to be no horses nor animals of any kind. The men carried things around in green, in little green carts, which they pushed before them. Everyone seemed happy and contented and prosperous. Well, that's questionable. Why are they prosperous? I mean, as compared to the others that were outside. The guardians of the gates led them through the street until they came to a big building, exactly in the middle of the city, which was the Palace of Oz, the Great Wizard. There was a soldier before the door, dressed in a green uniform and wearing a long green beard. Here are strangers, said the guardian of the gates to him, and they demand to see the Great Oz. Step inside, answered the soldier, and I will carry your message to him. So they passed through the palace gates and were led into a big room with a green carpet and lovely green furniture set with emeralds. The soldier made them all wipe their feet upon a green mat before entering this room. And when they are seated, he said politely, Please make yourselves comfortable while I go to the door of the throne room and tell Oz you are here. They had to wait a long time before the soldier returned. When at last he came back, Dorothy asked, Have you seen Oz? Oh no, returned the soldier, I've never seen him, but I spoke to him, as he sat behind his screen and gave, and gave him your message. He said he will grant you an audience, if you so desire, but each one of you must enter his presence alone, and he will admit but one each day. Therefore, you must remain in the palace for several days. I will have you shown to rooms where you may rest in comfort after your journey. That's a weird way to grant an audience. Why bother granting an audience if you want to do it so slowly? Thank you, replied the girl. That is very kind of Oz.
The soldier now blew upon a green whistle, and at once a young girl, dressed in a pretty green silk gown, entered the room. She had lovely green hair and green eyes, and she bowed low before Dorothy, and she, as she said, Follow me, and I will show you to your room. I, sh- I will show you your room. Don't people get bored of one color? Life must have multiple colors. That's probably why the locals were amused by the, the company that they saw. They're always used to one set of things. So Dorothy said goodbye to all her friends, except Toto, and taking the dog in her arms, followed the green girl through seven passages and up three flights of stairs until they came to a room at the front of the palace. It was the sweetest little room in the world, with soft, comfortable bed that had sheets of green silk and a green velvet counterpane. There was a tiny fountain in the middle of the room that shot a spray of green perfume into the air to fall back into a beautifully carved green marble basin. Beautiful green flowers stood in the windows, and there was a shelf with a row of little green books. When Dorothy had time to open these books, she found them full of queer green pictures that made her laugh, as they were. They were so funny. Well, what were the pictures? Were they memes? Dorothy was laughing at the memes. In a wardrobe were many green dresses made of silk and satin and velvet, and all of them f- fitted Dorothy exactly. Well, the wizard knew that Dorothy was arriving. Make yourself perfectly at home, said the green girl, and if you wish for anything, ring the bell. Oz will send you for you tomorrow morning. She left Dorothy alone and went back to the others. These she also led to rooms, and each one of them found himself lodged in a very pleasant part of the palace. Of course, this politeness was wasted on the scarecrow, for when he found himself alone in his room, he stood stupidly in one spot, just within the doorway, to wait till morning. It would not rest him to lie down, and he could not close his eyes. So he remained all night staring at a little spider, which was weaving its web in a corner of the room, just as if it were not one of the most wonderful rooms in the world. Maybe the scarecrow needs a heart instead. But on the other hand, the scarecrow doesn't care about it. So if he doesn't care about it, how does it matter anyway? If he didn't care about not having a brain, which he clearly already does, then he wouldn't have cared about it, would he? All of them have their own reasons, but the only person who has a genuine reason is Dorothy because she actually does really want to go back home. Everyone else already has what they're looking for. The Tin Woodman lay down on his bed from force of habit, for he remembered when he was made of flesh. But not being able to sleep, he passed the night moving his joints up and down to make sure they kept in good working order. Well, yeah, you have to do that. The lion would have preferred a bed of dried leaves in the forest and did not be like being shut up in a room, but he had too much sense to let this worry him. So he sprang upon the bed and rolled himself up like a cat and purred himself asleep in a minute. 
The next morning, after breakfast, the green maiden came to fetch Dorothy, and she dressed her in one of the prettiest gowns made of green brocaded satin. Dorothy put on a green silk apron and tied a green ribbon around Toto's neck, and they started for the throne room of the Great Oz. What does brocaded mean? Brocade a rich fabric woven with a raised pattern, typically with gold or silver thread. Alright. First they came to a green hall, in which there were many ladies and gentlemen of the court, all dressed in rich costumes. Why does everyone need to wear rich costumes? Why, why does it matter for the uniform you're wearing when you go to a certain place? First, they came to a great hall in which there were many ladies and gentlemen of the court, all dressed in rich costumes. These people had nothing to do but talk to each other, but they always came to wait outside the throne room every morning, although they were never permitted to see Oz. As Dorothy entered, they looked at her curiously, and one of them whispered, Are you really going to look upon the face of Oz the Terrible? Of course, answered the girl, if he will see me. Oh, he will see you, said the soldier, who had taken her message to the wizard, although he does not like to have people ask to see him. Indeed, at first he was angry and said I should send you back where you came from. Then he asked me what you looked like, and when I mentioned your silver shoes, he was very much interested. Oh, because only the witches wear silver shoes, so the wizard wanted to see why the witch had come to see him. At last I told him about the mark upon your forehead, and he decided he would admit you in his, to his presence. Just then a bell rang, and the green girl said to Dorothy, That is a signal. You must go into the throne room alone. She opened a little door, and Dorothy walked boldly through and found herself in a wonderful place. Well, that's how she's courageous. She walks it alone, because children are always told that you shouldn't walk alone or you shouldn't go out there alone and when she does she thinks that's a sign of courage that's at least what i think she opened a little door and dorothy walked boldly through and found herself in a wonderful place it was a big round room with a high arched roof and the walls and the ceiling and floor were covered with large emeralds set closely together where did they get all of these emeralds from in the center of the roof was a green light, was a great light, as bright as the sun, which made the emerald sparkle in a wonderful manner. But what interested Dorothy most was a big throne of green marble that stood in the middle of the room. It was shaped like a chair and sparkled with gems, as did everything else. Where is the light coming from for it to sparkle? In the center of the chair was an enormous head without a body. <laughs> to support it, or any arms or legs, whatever. There was no hair upon his head, but it had eyes and a nose and mouth, and was much bigger than the head of the biggest giant. This is an interesting paragraph, let's go through it again. But what interested Dorothy most was the big throne of green marble that stood in the middle of the room. It was shaped like a chair and sparkled with gems, as did everything else. 
In the center of the chair was an enormous head without a body to support it, or any arms or legs, whatever. There was no hair upon this head, but it had eyes and a nose and mouth, and was much bigger than the head of the biggest giant. <laughs> As Dorothy gazed upon in wonder and fear, the eyes turned slowly and looked at her sharply and steadily. Then the mouth moved, and Dorothy heard a voice say, I am Oz, the great and terrible. Who are you, and why do you seek me? It was not such an awful voice as she had expected to come from the big head. So she took courage and answered, I am Dorothy, the small and meek. <laughs> well, she has to justify it. So she is small and meek. I have come to you for help. The eyes looked at her thoughtfully for a full minute. Then the voice said, She is treating the entire thing as separate. So the voice, the mouth, the eyes, the head, all of them are treated separately. Then the voice said, Where did you get the silver shoes? I got them from the wicked witch of the east. When my house fell on her and killed her, she replied. Where did you get the mark upon your forehead? Continued the voice. That is where the good witch of the north kissed me when she bade me goodbye and sent me to you, said the girl. Again the eyes looked at her sharply, and they saw she was telling the truth. Then Oz asked, What do you wish me to do? Send me back to Kansas, where my Aunt Em and Uncle Henry are, she answered earnestly. I don't like your country, although it is so beautiful, and I'm sure Aunt Em will be dreadfully worried over my being away so long. The eyes winked three times, then they turned up to the ceiling and down to the floor, and rolled around so queerly that they seemed to see every part of the room, and at last they looked at Dorothy again. Why should I do this for you? asked Oz. Well, that is always an important question. Why should anyone do anything for anyone? Because you are strong and I am weak. Because you are a great wizard and I am only a little girl. But you were strong enough to kill the wicked witch of the east, said Oz. That just happened, returned Dorothy, simply. I could not help it. Well, said the head, I will give you my answer but you have no right to expect me to send you back to Kansas unless you do something for me in return. That's very interesting. How did this big head, presumably someone who knows a lot about the world, knew what Kansas was? Everyone else didn't have an idea about Kansas. In this country, everyone must pay for everything he gets. If you wish me to use my magic power to send you home again, you must do something for me first. Help me, and I will help you. What must I do? asked the girl. Kill the wicked witch of the West, answered Oz. But I cannot, exclaimed Dorothy, greatly surprised. You kill the witch of the East, and you wear the silver shoes which bear a powerful charm. There is now but one wicked witch left in all this land, and when you can tell me she is dead, I will send you back to Kansas, but not before. Well, Dorothy might as well build a ship and go back to Kansas now. 
little little girl began to weep. She was so much disappointed, and the eyes winked again and looked upon her anxiously, as if the great Oz felt that she could help him if she would. The girl began to weep. She was so much disappointed, and the eyes winked again and looked upon her anxiously, as if the great Oz felt that she could help. So basically, the great Oz thought that the girl is fibbing. I never kill anything willingly, said she sobbed. Even if I wanted to, how could I kill the wicked witch? If you are who if you who are great and terrible cannot kill her yourself, how do you expect me to do this? I do not know, said the head. But that is my answer, and until the wicked witch dies, you will not see your uncle and aunt again. Remember that the witch is wicked, tremendously wicked, and ought to be killed. Now go, and do not ask to see me again until you have done your task. Sorrowfully, Dorothy left the throne room and went back where the lion and the scarecrow and the tin woodman were waiting to hear what Oz had said to her. There is no hope for me, she said sadly, for Oz will not send me home until I have killed the wicked witch of the West, and that I can never do. Her friends were sorry, but could do nothing to help her. So Dorothy went to her own room and lay down on the bed and cried herself to sleep. The next morning, the soldier with the green whiskers came to the scarecrow and said, Come with me, for Oz has sent for you. So the scarecrow followed him and was admitted into the great throne room, where he saw sitting in the emerald throne a most lovely lady, she was dressed in green silk gaze in green silk gaze and wore upon her flowing green locks a crown of jewels upon her flowing green locks a crown of jewels growing from her shoulders were wings gorgeous in color and so light that they fluttered if the slightest breath of air reached them when the scarecrow had bowed as prettily as prettily as his straw stuffing would let him before this beautiful creature, she looked upon him sweetly and said, I am Oz, the great and terrible. Who are you, and why do you seek me? So Oz can shapeshift. Pretty cool, pretty cool. But what is the purpose of shapeshifting, and why, are the sh why is the great Oz shifting to these different forms? Which also leads me to think, does everyone perceive the world around them in the way that others perceive? Does everyone see the color as green? <laughs> I am only a scarecrow. Oh, wait. And why do you seek me? Now the scarecrow who had expected to see the great head Dorothy had told him of was much astonished, but he answered her bravely. I am only a scarecrow stuffed with straw, therefore I have no brains, and I come to you praying that you will put brains in my head instead of straw, so that I may become as much as a man as any other in your dominions. Why should I do this for you? asked the lady. Because you are wise and powerful, and no one else can help me, answered the scarecrow. I never grant favors without some return, said Oz. But this much I will promise. If you will kill for me the wicked witch of the West, I will bestow upon you 
create many a great many brains and such good brains that you will be the wisest man in all the land of oz i thought you asked dorothy to kill the witch asked the scarecrow in surprise so i did i don't care who kills her but until she is dead i will not grant your wish now go and do not seek me again until you have earned the brains you so greatly desire i must have a drink of water i am very thirsty for some reason The Scarecrow went sorrowfully back to his friends and told them what Oz had said, and Dorothy was surprised to find that the great wizard was not ahead as she had seen him, but a lovely lady. All the same, said the Scarecrow, she needs a heart as much as the Tin Woodman. <laughs> On the next morning, the soldier with the green whiskers came to the Tin Woodman and said, Oz has sent for you. Follow me. So the Tin Woodman followed him and came to the great throne room. He did not know whether he would find Oz a lovely lady or a head, but hoped it would be the lovely lady. For, he said to himself, if it is the head, I am sure I shall not be given a heart, since a head has no heart of its own, and therefore cannot feel for me. But if it is the lovely lady, I shall beg hard for a heart. For all ladies are themselves said to be kindly hearted. Stereotype, but all right. But when the woodman entered the great throne room, he saw neither the head nor the lady, for Oz had taken the shape of a most terrible beast. It was nearly as big as an elephant, and the green throne seemed hardly strong enough to hold its weight. The beast had a head not like that of a rhinoceros. Uh, the beast had a head like that of a rhinoceros, only there were five eyes in its face. There were five long arms growing out of its body, and it also had five long slim legs. Well, that is scary. Thick woolly hair covered every part of it, and a more dreadful looking monster could not be imagined. It was fortunate that the Tin Woodman had no heart at that moment for it would have beat so loud and fast from terror. But being only tin, the tin woodman was not afraid, was not at all afraid, although he was much disappointed. I am Oz, the great and terrible, spoke the beast in a voice that was one great roar. Who are you and why do you seek me? Why was he disappointed? He did not see the lady. He thought the lady would grant him the wish, but clearly the lady didn't grant him grant Scarecrow the wish yesterday. So why would that form grant the Tin Woodman a wish? Anyway, I am a wood woodman and made of tin. Therefore, I have no heart and cannot love. 
I pray you to give me a heart, that I may be as other men are. Why should I do this? demanded the beast. Because I ask it, and you alone can grant my request, answered the woodman. Oz gave a low growl at this, but said gruffly, If you indeed desire a heart, you must earn it. How? asked the woodman. Help Dorothy to kill the wicked witch of the West, replied the beast. When the witch is dead, come to me, and I will then give you a, the biggest and kindest and most loving heart in all the land of Oz. This is an interesting story, because to gain something, you must lose something in a sense. All right. So the Tin Woodman was forced to return sorrowfully to his friends and tell them of the terrible beast he had seen. They all wondered greatly at the many forms the great wizard could take upon himself. And the lion said, If he is a beast, when I go to see him, I shall roar my loudest and so frighten him that he will grant all I ask. But if he is a lovely lady, I shall pretend to spring upon her and so compel her to do my bidding. And if he is the great head, he will be at my mercy, for I will roll his head all about the room until he promises to give us what we desire. So be of good cheer, my friends, for all will yet be well. Where did this lion get the courage from? If the lion already has his courage, why is he going to seek courage? And why does he care if the others get what they want or not? Well, a lot of wonders. The next morning, the soldier with the green whiskers led the lion to the great throne, throne room and bade him enter the presence of Oz. The lion at once passed through the door and glancing around saw to his surprise that before the throne was the ball of fire, so fierce and glowing, he could scarcely bear to gaze upon it. His first thought was that Oz had by accident caught on fire and was burning up. But when he tried to go nearer, the heat was so intense that it singed his whiskers, and he crept back tremble tremblingly to a spot near the door. Then a low, quiet voice came from the ball of fire, and these were the words it spoke. I am Oz, the great and terrible. Who are you, and why do you seek me? And the lion answered, I am a cowardly lion, afraid of everything. I came to you to beg that you give me courage, so that in reality I may, come, I may become the king of beasts, as men call me. Why should I give you courage? demanded Oz. Because of all wizards you are the greatest, and alone have the power to grant my request, answered the lion. The ball of fire burned fiercely for a time, and the voice said, Bring me proof that the wicked witch is dead, and that moment I will give you courage. But as long as the witch lives, you must remain a coward. The lion was angry at the speech, but could, not, but could say nothing in reply, and while he stood silently gazing at the ball, of fire, it became so furiously hot that he turned his tail and rushed from the room. He was glad to find his friends waiting for him, and told him of his terrible interview with the wizard. What shall we do now? asked Dorothy sadly. 
There's only one thing we can do, returned the lion, and that is to go to the land of the Winkies, seek out the wicked witch, and destroy her. But suppose we cannot, said the girl. I shall never have courage, declared the lion, and I shall never have brains, added the scarecrow, and I shall never have a heart, spoke the tin woodman. And I shall never see Aunt Em and Uncle Henry, said Dorothy, beginning to cry. Be careful, cried the green girl. The tears will fall on your green silk gown and spot it. So Dorothy dried her eyes and said, I suppose we must try it. But I am sure I do not want to kill anybody, even to see Aunt Em again. I will go with you, but I am too much of a coward to kill the witch, said the lion. I will go too, declared the scarecrow, but I shall not be of much help to you. I am such a fool. I haven't the heart to harm even the even a witch, remarked the tin woodman, but if you go, I shall go with you. Therefore, it was decided to start upon their journey the next morning, and the woodman sharpened his axe on a green grindstone and had all his joints properly oiled. The scarecrow stuffed himself with fresh straw, and Dorothy put a new paint on his eyes, that he might see better. The green girl, who was very kind to them, filled Dorothy's basket with good things to eat, and fastened a little bell around Toto's neck with a green ribbon. They went to bed quite early, and slept soundly until daylight, when they were awakened by the crowing of a green cock that lived in the backyard of the palace and the cackling of a hen that had laid, laid a green egg. End of chapter. Well, this is very interesting. The Wizard of Oz is great and terrible. Great because he can grant wishes, terrible because he demands something in return. And in this case, all of them have the same demand. To go and kill Wicked Witch of the West. Well, why is she wicked? That's something to discover, isn't it? Hmm. Well, I don't know. We have to read that in the next chapter now. Anyway, this is the end of the recording. Good day. Bye-bye.